And we are live. <laughs> All right. So everybody, my apologies for the technical difficulty. Me and Google will have a conversation right after this. <laughs> I'm Kiara, the founder of Yesterday Abroad. Um, and today we're having our very first live hangout. Um, and we won't let these difficulties um, get in the way of it. We're just going to talk about our obstacles that we faced when we were abroad. Um, so we're just going to really quick do a roundup of who we are, um, who's, who's on the panel, and um, where we studied abroad. So I studied abroad in Spain in my undergrad um, um, career. And then when I went off to grad school, I studied international business in Santiago, Chile. All right, Allie? I studied abroad in Paris, France for a semester in my undergrad year. All right, Jocelyn? Um, I studied abroad in London, summer 2010, and I studied journalism. Thank you. Margaret? I studied abroad in Cortona, Italy in May of 2014, and I studied viticulture and enology. All right, and Mario? I studied abroad in Santiago, Chile in 2012 uh, during uh, graduate school. All right, so um, you all have some pretty good stories, so um, hopefully they can come out in these questions that we have. Um, so just to start off, um, we just want to talk about what your biggest challenge was while you were abroad. And if you want me to start, I'll go. Um, yes. Okay. All right. So my biggest challenge abroad was definitely maintaining my health. I have really, really bad allergies. And for some reason, I'm just now getting um, tested for, like, what all I'm allergic to. Well, so I, so I got that test in 2015. I studied abroad in 2012. So you can imagine, you know, I, I had a few run-ins back then. So I <laughs> taken daily over-the-counter allergy medicine when I was uh, in the States, but for some reason when I went over to Spain, um, my Zyrtec was not working, and I didn't realize that, you know, it was just a completely different um, environment over there and that I needed something um, that better fit that environment to, you know, have be able to breathe, basically, and um, I just didn't ask enough questions. Um, or just kind of put my health first because I actually I stayed with a host family and in their bedrooms they didn't have central air so I had to sleep with the windows open which also contributed to me not being able to breathe because the allergens were coming inside so um, I, I went probably like the first two or three weeks out of um, a 10-week program not being able to breathe which is silly um, when I could have just went to a doctor. It took me probably like two weeks to just finally go to my program director and ask, you know, what can I do? It it literally was like a light switch. I went to a doctor. She prescribed me something else. It told me that I was crazy for waiting that long. Um, she got, I got a prescription for three different things. And then, like, from there, my trip just took a whole change because I could breathe, I could sleep at night, and... Um, it was it was just a, a difference um, in like quality of life. So from that, I, I learned to just always ask questions and um, don't put something as serious as your health on the back burner because your your the point of going abroad is to be able to experience that and not have you know something just completely ruining it. And so um, 
I think moving forward for those that are looking to study abroad, definitely look into your insurance coverage and make sure that it goes abroad or get something through your program because that's the one thing you don't want to have to worry about while you're abroad. All right, anybody else? Um, I think my biggest um, obstacle was the finances. I don't think I was like mentally, physically, or emotionally prepared for how much money I was actually going to spend. Like, I thought, you know, oh, it's London, it's going to be cheap, and I'll be fine. And then I get there, first of all, I didn't prepare for, like, having a different bank. So a lot of my classmates, they were more prepared than me, so they called their bank and see if they if their bank had a sister bank mm -hmm. and then so they didn't have to pay like three pounds every time they swiped their card like I did or pay ten pounds just to take money out. Like I was just not prepared for the financial responsibility that studying abroad can be. Um every other week I was calling home like, hey, can you give me some money? Because I was like, really? <laughs> I was just really not ready for how much money I was going to spend. Because, I mean, we got um, allowances through my program. We would get like um, 20 pounds a week for laundry and to eat. Now, that, that wasn't enough for a whole week because you're in a new country. You want to eat all this new stuff. And although you were – I probably could have made it with 20 pounds. But me being – the foodie that I am, I wanted to eat the expensive stuff. But by like the third week, I learned, I found a Pad Thai um, mm. restaurant, a Thai restaurant on the corner that mm -hmm. I could get Pad Thai for like five pounds. I found another corner store where I could get um, fish and chips for like five pounds. So by the third week, I was kind of like, okay, I think I, I can understand this now. And if I was going to take out some money, I took out like a lot of money on Sunday and then just I wouldn't go to the ATM again because those charges were adding up like yes. every week it was like 50 pounds which is like a hundred a hundred and fifty dollars almost so yeah I think that was my biggest obstacle yeah I agree I, I kind of ran into that same problem with like figuring out so am I going to withdraw or am I just going to take this transaction fee or like how am I going to do this yeah all right anybody else I definitely had a challenge with my phone abroad. Mm. I didn't purchase a data plan or anything. I just was using my phone to take pictures and tell the time, basically. <laughs> I really wish that I had purchased a very small data plan so I could have made phone calls. Right. We made trips on the weekend, and a lot of the times they only took reservations by phone. And so we would like have to go to a pay phone. And oh. make it would have been so much easier if I'd had just like, I don't know, 30 minutes for that month that I could use to make reservations. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. They still have pay phones? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. Well, that was convenient. Um, I'll say a lot of my struggles came from myself. <laughs> um, when I left to go to Paris, uh, my dad was in Iraq at the time, and so he could only call me at certain times. Consequentially, my mother was at the beach, right? So I'm at the airport 
wishing that I answered the phone with when my dad called me while I was taking a nap. So I answered and I said, I'm asleep. I will call you back. He said, are you sure you're about to go to the airport? I said, yes. So I get there and this is where Kiera comes in. Um, I have two bags. One of my bags is overweight, so I have to pay for it. And French people are very shrewd, I guess. Um, so I put my bag up there, I swipe my card, and the lady says, she has no money. Move her out of the way. I'm like, please stop. Like, I remember I asked her, I'm like, please stop. Like, you're just not helping me right now. I think my flight left in, like, I don't know, maybe an hour. But, you know, when you're going international, you have to get there, like, two hours ahead. So she says, she says it again because I try to get here to send me some money and, transfer it. Keep in mind, my mom's at the beach. I don't really know what that meant at the time. So I just kind of was like, okay, fine. I'm just going to leave my bag in the bathroom. Keep in mind, that is also illegal. So I go to the bathroom. I'm like, I'm making this flight whether I have to or not. So I take my bag and I push it under the sink in the bathroom. I put my before I do that I put my telephone number on it and so I call my brother and I'm like, KJ, I left my bag in the bathroom. You have to come back up here and get it. And he's like, what? He's like yelling at me. I'm like, no, you have to come up here and get it by. So finally I make it through and I get on the plane. I'm like, did you come and get the bag? I'm serious. You have to come and get it. So my dad can't call me back. My mom's just not available because she's relaxing. So Long story short, when I finally get to Paris, I have only one bag, and it's my bag that has, like, nothing in it, um, and I remember when all of my roommates came, they were like, yeah, we're going to go to the grocery store. Do you want to come? I'm like, I'm sorry. I just want to sleep. Like, I just left my bag, and they were like, okay, whatever. So when my dad gets a hold of me via telephone, he screams. He was like, that is a federal offense. Keep in mind, he's a federal prosecutor, so he's like, you don't leave something in the airport. So I didn't get this story until I came back to America. Apparently, when my brother went to go pick up my bag, they had dogs sniffing it. Oh, so my God. They were like, is this your bag? And he's like, no, sir, it's my sister's bag. He's like, well, we need you to come with us. So they take him like down to the security dungeon and... They're, like, trying to talk to him about it. He's like, sir, it's my sister. I'm sure it's nothing in there but clothes, which it was. But long story short, it took him, like, two hours to get my bag back. And then he finally mailed it to me, which took, like, I don't know, maybe three weeks. So a lot of the things that were um, issues, I guess I kind of brought in myself. But you're young. You're, like, you know, a little bit free, so you just don't really take anything serious. But... I mean, it taught me to really be prepared when I have a flight and to always have enough money. I think that night, I don't even remember how much money. You know, you go out, it's the night before. One of my friends, like, cracked his tooth that night. It was a very blurry night, but it was fun. So, nevertheless, you know, hey. I should have studied abroad with you, honey, because it just sounds. <laughs> Let's just say I'm not even half of that person anymore. I'm very reserved. I got it all out of my system. <laughs> Well, that's a good time to get it out, I guess. <laughs> All right. Um, anybody else? Well, most of my trip was pretty coordinated, and so it was very seldom when we would, you know, go away from the beaten path with, with all they had planned for us. Mm -hmm. But uh, I guess just for me, the biggest challenge was the language barrier. 
uh, not being completely fluent in Spanish. So whenever we would have time to ourselves and we want to go and you know venture out, uh, just trying to uh, order food was probably the biggest challenge for me, and just making sure that uh, I wasn't ordering something that I completely did not want, or you know would be completely disgusting. And so. Uh, but I didn't. I came out of there unscathed. Actually, I had one of the best burgers I've ever had uh, <laughs> at this place called Mr. Jack. Kiara had it too. She can, yeah, I was she just can like, vouch for I it. So. That was like the best burger ever. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, that that was pretty much it for me. I, I can't I can't recall too many other major things where I just was kind of flustered or stressed out. Maybe trying to catch a. Uh, Cab, <laughs> but but once I did, that was probably the best. You have their problem in America, <laughs> <laughs> But I I can't share that cab story. It was just a very interesting cab story. <laughs> that was probably the most, one of the top five most memorable things about my trip. Hang out after dark. Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you can say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Margaret. Um, oh, you already went. I'm sorry. Um, all right. So apparently, people can see us, but they can't hear us. So we'll just. Oh my god. <laughs> we probably have to press the microphone or the video because for some reason, when I first logged on, the video wasn't showing, and then I had to press it twice, and I had to do the same thing with the microphone. Oh. Well, we'll just let everybody watch it on demand. And um, <laughs> like I said, that chat with Google is happening. Yeah. All right. So, I, so Margaret, you kind of touched on this um, in your answer, um, but I was um, wondering, did anybody have any difficulties adjusting to the culture of their host co um, country? Absolutely. I think one of the biggest things, especially mostly my trip was women. It was the the um, the clothes, like mm. just the way people dress in in Europe specifically, like just everyone's covered, long sleeves, pants or skirts, and we don't dress like that in America. <laughs> I brought my little denim shorts and I didn't wear them for the whole month. <laughs> but I think it's about one adjusting, like. So you don't stand out, like you don't want to draw attention to yourself, but also like dressing that like, way to respect that culture mm -hmm. and right. that you're trying to like assimilate yourself. Absolutely. Did you notice that in Europe that they kind of dress with the seasons? So they do like a lot of gray, a lot of black, a lot of dark blue. And then as the flowers start to come out, you might see a little red and yellow. It was very interesting to see them kind of coordinate their clothes with whatever the season was. Yeah, especially in Paris. I guess you saw that a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was like a thing. Um, I would have been the only person in the spring with all black on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, anybody else have difficulties transitioning? Um, I think well, I think one the one of the main reasons I chose London was because it they spoke English and I didn't want to be anywhere where I didn't understand what they were saying. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think the really cool part about people in London is that everybody speaks like nine languages. 
So even though they were all like they all spoke English, they also spoke very or other different um, languages. I think the harder part with the culture was the like the rumors that people in London hate Americans. It's very accurate because I would get yelled at on the tube for like talking to my friends. They were like, "Oh my God, you Americans are so loud and you're so fat and I hate you." And then they would beg me for money, and I'm like, "Wait, let me go." But now you're asking me for money, so I think that was the only like difficulty with the culture was the fact that a lot of them do hate Americans. So, yeah, I hate that. That's a stereotype that some people try to prove true. Cause yeah, that's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah, I would say um, when I got to Paris, I really made it a point to hang out with the French students because our school was an immersion of English people and French people um, and I stayed in an apartment so I had three roommates but I, I mean I made friends with the, the college kids that stayed under us. They went to film school and I mean my weekends were pretty much spent with the kids that were French so that I could kind of learn the language more. They could kind of take me out and show me what was going on. I think at one point I can't remember her name. But it was my, uh, the guy that stayed under me, Alex Stone, it was his friend. And I tried to tell him all the time, I'm like, she's in love with you. He's like, no, Lena is not in love with me. I'm like, Lena hates me. So she's obviously in love with you because every time you take me somewhere, she's like not having it. She would kind of like scoot over in the corner and all the French girls would kind of talk. But I realized that was the experience that I needed to, to, to really test me and see what I could really do with my interpersonal skills. So I think that was one of the things I wanted to make sure I did, hang out with the French people. Yeah, I think finding locals in any country is like the best idea because I found the best cider and the best food all from like finding local friends. So I think that's a really good idea. Yeah, that's the one thing I wish I could change about my trip um, is the, my entire program were students from America. And so we kind of just hung out in one big clique. And so anywhere that I went, it might have been a rest, you know, like an authentic restaurant, but it wasn't an authentic experience because I was with, you know, all Americans and we were talking about the things that interest Americans and so I just kind of missed out on that. So I think the only hard transition that I had was um, just trying to learn a language. So I really did want to learn Spanish more uh, when I was in Barcelona. And so my host mom didn't speak any English. My Spanish teacher didn't speak any English. Um, so it gave me an opportunity to, you know, stretch myself. Mm -hmm. But uh, I guess it was just hard talking to my host mom because she had an understanding that she, Kiara is here to learn Spanish. So if she doesn't get it the first time around, that means she's not listening or I need to be a little louder. Like she would literally yell at me in Spanish, <laughs> trying to get me to understand. And I'm like, no, slow down. Like <laughs> then maybe I'll be able to pick up on something, but she would just speed through everything. And, um, I think, um, they uh, being African American also was different for them, um, so it would. I had some interesting experiences around that. Um, so, but yeah, all right. Um, anybody else? 
No, no, no. All right, and so we have about nine minutes, and I want to be conscious of everybody's time with the technical difficulties that we had. So I just kind of wanted to wrap it up on a lighter note, and um, I just kind of wanted to everybody to go through and tell what their favorite moment was when they were abroad, and um, any advice that you have for people that are interested in studying abroad. Um, I can start. Uh, or go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um, my favorite memory for sure was going to uh, my very first soccer game mm. in Santiago. Uh, it was the apparently it was the biggest soccer game of the year. <laughs> it was the University of Chile versus someone, and uh, it was not part of the plan. <laughs> it was not part of the plan for the trip. Uh, it was not in the original itinerary, but it was going on, and so it was a, a select group of us who, who really wanted to go, and so we went, and it was actually on my birthday, okay. and uh, so we went, and we went in, uh, in the stores. They had all the uh, paraphernalia for the team, mm -hmm. and so we went, and, you know, we bought all the scarves and shirts and all that type of stuff, and then we had a, a tour guide that actually picked us up from our hotel to take us to the game, and so they were teaching us the chants, oh. and so... Uh, that's cool. And so we learned some of the chance before we got in there. And so we got in. It's a huge stadium. Everyone knew that we weren't from there, but they the they were uh they were teaching us the the other fans. They were trying to teach us the chance and translate uh, what what they meant. And it was definitely uh profane <laughs> some of the things <laughs> that they were chanting. That uh and so that was fun. The University of Chile ended up winning six to zero. Six goals. I've never seen grown men hug and cry because they were so happy <laughs> um, for a game. But then I would be the same way if it was the Grizzlies winning a championship. Right. And so, uh, <laughs> and so it was, the balls for that matter. Right. <laughs> so it was. It was. It was a, a really fun time. Uh, I remember thinking that if Neyland Stadium was like their stadium, I would probably go every Saturday. It was mm. something that happened where. Uh, like the players came out on the fields and they had the student section and then they just got really crazy and I had a video of it but I don't have it anymore but on my video it looks like the entire like an entire section of the student section was on fire because they started lighting these flares mm -hmm. and so I really thought that people were over there dying because in the video the only thing you see is a huge thing of a huge flame and people just going crazy and so uh, <laughs> I just couldn't believe how excited they were and uh, mm -hmm. to see six goals in one soccer game. Right. I probably, you know, ever see that again, even just at home watching it on TV. And so, and it was fun to be on the winning side. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the security, the security was very uh, intense. They were definitely in uh, uh, complete arm army combat attire. Uh, the locals were def definitely terrified of them, uh, absolutely terrified of them. Yeah. But I did make sure that I got a picture with them, <laughs> and uh, it was it was just the entire experience. Uh, I guess the only thing, the only downside was we did like pay to have food, and they gave us these terrible uh, homemade sandwiches with guacamole on it, and uh, <laughs> to to feed us during the game. It wasn't like a hot dog in a coat. But beyond that, that was definitely the highlight, and that one and the um, the the whitewater rafting in the Andes. 
that was a uh, that wow. was really fun. We had uh, and that was fun because our our guys were crazy and they had bets with the other guys. And he told us this after he kind of cool, you know, chilled out a little bit that they were basically trying to get us to fall off the raft. And <laughs> they had they had bets with each other that if they can get someone to fall off the raft, then the other tour guide would have to buy them beers. And if the if the tour guide fell off a of raft himself, then they would have to he would have to buy everyone beer. And then we did have someone fall off a raft and then my raft went to go save her life. So it's like I saved a life while I was in Chile because she was in Chile. And so it was just it was just cool. I, I can't even like I didn't just thinking about it now, I never I never wanted or had a desire to go abroad because I felt like I hadn't been to too many places domestically. And so once I did take that trip, um, I've been wanting to go out to everywhere ever since. So I'm uh, planning the trip. My wife and I are taking a trip to Costa Rica in January. And so, and I'm trying to take another trip to Sydney, Australia next year as well. So it's kind, of kind of the start of my whole journey to go abroad as much as possible. I'm down with that. <laughs> so I just want to piggyback off of Mario's stories really quick because I kind of experienced both of those. Um, so when I was in Spain, I was there when uh, Barcelona won the Euro Cup or the World Cup, one of them. Which one is it? The big one. The World, World, Cup. The World Cup. World Cup. <laughs> the World Cup, and I was there. I watched the game with my host parents, and... They um once they won, they were like, everybody's going to be in the square. And so we're like, okay, let's go out. So me and my roommate and one of our other friends, uh, we meet out. You know, so much about you San Mario. Like, they were so excited, like, chanting, hanging off a light post. Just, you know, it was so much excitement. When we win, we go out and, like, just drink beers and go to bars and stuff. They are, like, genuinely, like, you know, just, they they feel it so much those wins and so I don't know if it's just because I'm from a state where it seems like we always take the loss <laughs> but um I've never seen anybody that happy about a win before so I agree Mario that was more like a once in a lifetime thing and then secondly I went to Chile too and did that whole white water rafting thing and you're right those guys are crazy and I got thrown off the course. And, and it was on purpose. They were trying to make that happen. That's the best part. Right. They were trying to make you fall off. <laughs> we and thought they were crazy until they you told you told us that. I just I just thought it was so crazy because like to this day now I'm just like I don't really mess with horses because don't play with my life like that though. <laughs> well, no, see the white water rafting was different. The horse rides they were they were concerned. Um, I think that was user error. Like that horse was probably tired of me and. Um, everything so but yeah the, I think that day in Santiago was my favorite because I went zip lining, white water rafting and horseback riding all in the same day which is uh, yeah, one day yeah and a, person, a bunch of first times like that was my first time riding a horse the first time white water rafting just a whole bunch of dares I feel like <laughs> like somebody dared me to do all that I didn't do the horseback but I did uh, the hike. Oh, gotcha. And so that was uh that was my first time ever hiking and I was not prepared. Right. And I had, in the Andes. I had, and I had just drank some wine before I went because <laughs> the Grizzlies had just lost in the playoffs. And so it was 
it was just a bad idea. <laughs> but it was, that was cool though. It was a it was great, you know, seeing the snow capped mountains. You yeah. have some in front of you, you have some in the back of you. And uh and you just if you're there with good people, see I was there with my classmates and so we've even talked about doing a reunion there. Yeah, oh. that's how much fun we had. So Oh, that would be amazing. A reunion. All right. Um anybody else want to share their favorite moment abroad? I'll share mine if I can make it fast. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, so I said, I, I think, I don't know if it was on the other hangout or not, but I um, shadowed or interned with a freelance journalist. She wrote for Vogue, Marie Claire, Red Ma She wrote for, like, almost everybody. Um, so <laughs> my favorite moment was when she took me to a photo shoot. So me being the fashion lover that I am, I walk into this huge loft with all these beautiful clothes, these beautiful shoes, and instead of her sending me for coffee like a normal, or tea, because this is London, um, like a normal intern would do, she like let me pick like style one of the models, wow. she let me like eat the food, which normal interns like go fetch stuff. So I was like so <laughs> enamored with the fact that I was like one of them, and the photo shoot lasted for maybe like five hours, but like seeing how um, magazines really work, because that's like what I, my goal is to have my own magazine or work for Vogue. So to see how that stuff actually worked, and it's like I was in a whole, I was in a completely different country, like seeing this. So I think that was my favorite moment, actually being able to see what my life could be like. So. That's super cool. Yes, awesome. And my name is like in the in in Mary Claire. It says written by Anna McGee and Jocelyn Blake. So that's like really awesome. Oh wow, that's so cool. Oh, awesome. I have it framed. I wish I could go grab it, but I do have it framed. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first of many, though. Amen. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Allie, you have a favorite moment? I'm trying to think, and the more and more that I think. I guess it would just be the days I was in the city um, by myself, like with my journal, and I would stop and I would write. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I threw a lot of house parties. <laughs> I still do now. You know, we have a holiday party, and I have to tell my husband, I'm like, honey, I want to throw another party. I think I realized that was just who I was. You know, I love to have people come together who are from different places and, and get to, you know, see French people interact with English-speaking people. So I threw, like, a costume party. Uh, um, I don't know. I threw a couple parties. But it was just so great to see so many people that were from different backgrounds really come together and, and try to figure out what the person was saying or to hear people um, <laughs> try to use their English. Some of it was just we would be like, we don't say that like that. Like, you just said something that really doesn't go. And they would say the same thing to us. Um, so I guess I did a lot of other things like travel. I did Dublin, Belgium. Um, a lot of big things happened while I was there. Like, Osama bin Laden was murdered. And so they told us, don't go out. Like, don't tell people you're American and all of this. Um, oh. What else? Oh, um, the wedding. The Favorite royal. moment? <laughs> that was amazing. People were like going down to see, you know, just to go to London to to be in that environment. Uh, I didn't get to go, but I thought that was amazing. 
So I guess there are plenty of experiences, but the many times that I was out by myself just really connecting with myself, I could say those are like once-in-a-lifetime um, experiences where I would be in the Tuileries right near the Louvre. It's, it was just, it was something very fanciful. And now as, a, as somebody that writes, I always tell myself, don't try to take risks with my own life because I'm a writer because I think oftentimes you want to create your own little world and you have to live in reality. It's, it's almost difficult for me to explain but a lot of those experiences shaped the, the woman that I am now and I guess that was one thing I would encourage someone else to do is while you're away they're going to say always go out in groups and things like that but I think after those first two or three weeks you know you take a map out you learn where you are and that's when you connect with yourself. You know, nobody will ever experience that with you ever again. So I always encourage people, sneak off a little bit, go somewhere that you probably would never go. Where I think one day I was walking and I got lost and I was someone's someone's grave. I think it was I can't remember. It was somebody's grave. Someone's but it, grave. It was surrounded by flowers. So it was just kind of, you know, when you think about royalty and the monarchy, you know, all of those things are a part of their culture. So I thought that was just, you know, pretty amazing. That's cool. I definitely recommend that too. Getting, Getting lost, lost is the best. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. <laughs> Getting lost. Like, I tried to take the bus home one day and I'm really bad with directions and I thought that since I missed my turn or missed my stop that it would just do like a normal city bus do, does right like it'll just come back around and I'll catch the stop the next go around well no it kept on going to the end of the bus line and parked and so I got to see basically the entire city because it wasn't coming back my way. It wasn't like a bus route where it comes the same round. So I don't know. I I, I definitely was able to see more of uh, Barcelona just by getting lost. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll add one more thing and then I promise I'll let you go, Margaret. Um, one time my dad sent me some roses. I think it was Valentine's Day. And my neighbor, whatever, my roommate, she wrote the name of whatever the company was down. So, of course, I'm like, let me go and find these flowers because I think I was just down and out. Something happened on Valentine's Day, like with a local. He saw me with a bunch of European Americans, and he was African. And so, basically, in translation, he was saying, you are me, I am you, like you're lost. Like they don't know you or whatever. And I guess they got scared, so he started to yell. He grabbed me. It was just crazy. But I guess in his defense, I understood what he was saying if he thought that I was afraid of him, if that makes any sense. Um, long story short, my dad sent me flowers a little while after that. So I'm going to look for these flowers and I'm trying to think of the name of the place because obviously what she's written down is not right. So I'm walking. I go all the way on the 10th, which is a, a, a very... Um, I'll say it took me to the city part of France. So I'm like, this isn't right. So let me go back. And then it was like when I found those roses, it was like the best day of my life. They <laughs> looked like velvet, but it was just like that experience of piecing all the puzzles together because I was extremely lost. I, I literally found them by chance, and they were 
probably, we were near Vestiz, so that's like near all of the nightlife and stuff. It was about maybe five minutes away from where I lived, but I took a whole hour out of my day to get on the train. So it just showed me that sometimes your senses will kick in and you'll just find your way. I know that sounds really weird, but it was just a, an amazing day. That was very awesome. That's cool. All right, Margaret. I'll do mine really quickly. Um, I turned 21 on my trip. So oh, yeah. Or what you may. That was my favorite day. Um, <laughs> me and um, 12 other girls stayed in a hostel in Cinque Terre that weekend. It's um, like on the coast of Italy, on the Mediterranean Sea. It, look up pictures. Like It's beautiful. It's like those pastel buildings that are like built into the mountains on the beach. Oh, that was beautiful. But for my 21st birthday, we went to this restaurant that someone had found on Yelp. And we ordered, like, a fish for the table, like, family style. And the waiter goes away and comes back with, like, a fish that, like, is still alive. And he's like, this okay? We're like, what? <laughs> and then an hour later, it was cooked and in front of us. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> I love her impression, though. This okay? <laughs> it's, like, it's like just a room full of girls. We're like, Right. <laughs> so were y'all daring enough to try it, or did you send it back? Oh, no, it was delicious. It was delicious. Okay. That's so funny. I know, that was my favorite day of my study abroad. Oh. Awesome. That's definitely memorable. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, so thank you all so much for bearing with me and all the technical difficulties. Um, like I said, this is the first of hopefully many. Um, we'll have different topics, um, and if people can email me or leave a comment on Instagram or Twitter of what you would like to hear from people, that would be great because our purpose is to encourage you and motivate you to get out and see these cultures and really just find yourself, well not even find yourself, just create yourself as you go abroad and um, understand other cultures and understand who you are. So um, so proud to have my friends online and um, we'll see you all next time. Thanks, Kira. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.